welcome to Unsolved South. I'm Michelle. And I'm Maddie. And we're here to tell a story. Hope everybody had a great week. Matlin, did you have a good week? I did, I did. Good, glad to hear it. Okay, so we're going to jump right in because I don't know how long the story's going to take to tell. And then I got a follow-up story at the end that has nothing to do with anything. Just something I saw that I felt like I needed to share. All right. All right. <laughs> Where were you at? <laughs> I thought you were going to start. Well, I was asking, were you ready? Were you prepared? Are I'm you ready. Ready Do to it. get chilled. This story is different than a lot of the other stories we've done. But it's going to be, I hate to say fun, but it'll be something a little more out of the ordinary. Out of the ordinary. Yeah, unique. Okay. All right, so here we go. In the pre-dawn hours of August 27, 1941, a married couple found themselves sitting on the side of the road with a bit of car trouble. They had a flat tire. Being that spare tires were not yet a standard feature on a lot of vehicles, someone was going to need to walk to town. Luckily for the wife, man's work was still a thing in the 40s, so <laughs> it was decided she would wait at the car while he walked for help. They weren't from the area, but they were on Statesville Road, and so they knew town couldn't be too far away. She watched as he set off down the road. The sky was just beginning to glow, and she knew that soon the crescent moon would give way to the first glittering rays of sunshine. Being August in the south, it wasn't long before she found herself sitting next to the car, hoping for a breeze. As she stood, taking stock of her surroundings, she saw a bridge in the distance. It was a beautiful, hulking bridge. It had five stucco-covered brick arches, each balanced on a stone base. It spanned the 260 foot across the banks of Third Creek, 60 foot below its platform. As she stood admiring the structure, she heard a train whistle in the distance and saw the headlight of a train sweep across the trees. She watched as the train sped towards the bridge. Almost as soon as it started to cross, it left the track, some of the cars catapulting 150 feet from where they were just seconds before. She stood and watched as the train piled onto itself. She could hear a symphony of twisting metal, splintering wood, and anguished screams. She ran towards the wreckage across a field to the edge of the creek. She could see the cars were being flooded by the rushing water of the creek. She could hear the moans of the dying and the cries for help of the injured. She could hear something else too, a car, a car in the distance. She sprang into action, sprinting across the field, waving, screaming for help. She reached the road at the same time the car stopped. It was her husband and the owner of the local shop. She yelled to them that there had been a terrible accident and the three of them raced back across the field and down to the banks of the creek to witness. Well, nothing. There was what? nothing there except the tranquil setting of a normal creek side. What? She began to protest. No, it was here. I saw. The two men, knowing how hysterical women can be, laughed it off and told her she must have fallen asleep and just had a bad dream. 
They proceeded to fix the tire, and after thanking the shopkeeper, they continued on their journey. The wife would not give it up. She was so persistent about what she had seen that the husband stopped by the train station to prove to her it was just a dream. They went to the ticket agent and asked if there had been a train wreck. The employee said, no, but funny you should ask because today is the 50th anniversary of the Boston Bridge train accident. Boston. Boston Bridge train accident. How? I'm going to get that word wrong about 60 times in this story probably. We've listened to several pronunciations, but none of them hit me right. <laughs> it's Boston, I think. Boston. Actually, I think it's Boston. Boston. Boston, but that comes Boston. out is Boston. Boston. So that's what I said. Okay. Stop. It right. sounded like you said Boston. Boston. Okay. Okay. Well, stop interrupting my story, ma'am. Sorry about it. Okay. On August 27th, 1891, at about 2.30 a.m., passenger train number nine of the Richmond and Danville Railroad picked up 10 new passengers and left Statesville, North Carolina, headed west. In addition to the engine and the tender car, the train consisted of a baggage car, a first-class car, a second-class car, a Pullman sleeper, and the railroad superintendent's private car. They were running a little over 30 minutes behind schedule, so they left the station in a hurry. Normal speed for a train like this at the time would have been about 25 miles an hour. They were traveling 35 to 40 miles per hour. So they were speeding. Yeah, they were booking it. About five minutes after leaving the station, tragedy struck. Real quick, how, just for reference, do you know what the average speed for trains nowadays is? Um, I want to say that I looked and it actually wasn't much more than 45. Not passenger trains though, but um, trains that carry things. I don't I, that I had to be looked up. I know it's higher in other countries than it is here. Average speed for a passenger train. This one says that it is 125 to 150 miles per hour. It may be. I looked up freight trains. They're not passenger trains. This is so a passenger train. It is a passenger okay. train. I wasn't trying to find out. So I know, just, but I was just curious. I, I was just curious because it sounded slow to me. Well, I mean, it was 18. Yeah. So I was just curious how different it would be from nowadays. Yeah. A lot. So, a, a lot, lot different. different. Okay. About five minutes after leaving the station, tragedy struck. The train derailed and crashed into the creek below, killing 22 people. Several survivors that were miraculously just bruised walked back to the station to alert authorities. There was no hospital in Statesville, so the injured passengers, as they were freed, they were moved to private homes. As the deceased were pulled from the wreckage, they were moved into a farmer's tobacco warehouse where they would wait to be identified and claimed. 
As word of the tragedy spread, thousands of people showed up to gawk at and plunder through the wreckage. So, what caused the crash? The coroner's investigation concluded that the rails were not in good condition, and that combined with how fast the train was moving when it hit the bridge was the cause. They found no evidence of missing spikes, but plenty of evidence of rotten wood. Witness it after witness told how they had seen rotten timbers and cross ties laying all around the scene. One witness told how the wood was so deteriorated that you could kick it apart with little effort. Another witness told how he had seen the convicts hired by the railroad to clean up the scene just throwing rotten cross ties off of the tracks down into the creek below. Hmm. The railroad sent their own detectives who swarmed the town for months, questioning and detaining people. They believed the tracks had been sabotaged, most likely by a gang plotting to rob the train and its passengers. What? And I'm certain that this belief had nothing to do with the financial the financial issues the railroad was having at the time or all the impending lawsuits they were facing based on their neglect of the track mm. and the fact that their responsibility would be negated if they could prove the tracks had been sabotaged. In any case, the railroad detectives found witnesses that claimed there were missing spikes and warped and detached rails. The section's roadmaster, Mr. L. Kale, as in the vegetable kale, he would have been the person responsible for making sure the tracks were all good to go. Mm -hmm. Well, Mr. Kale had not worked on the tracks in a month, but he felt like the tracks were sound. He surmised that someone could have stolen his tools from the unlocked shed at his house and used those to sabotage the tracks. What? Why would anybody do that? To rob the train and the passengers. How? Some witnesses told tale of a mysterious white man dressed in a black suit wearing a black slouch hat. A slouch hat is similar to a cowboy hat. It's a felt hat, kind of like old-timey soldiers wore. Mm-hmm. That. Some of their witnesses were the survivors of the tragedy. One lady said when she got out of the carnage, she was missing a diamond pin and over $2,000 in checks and banknotes. What? Another lady reported a white man with his face covered creeping along the top of the train, occasionally reaching into the window and, quote, feeling for something. And when another passenger asked what he wanted, he just crept away. <laughs> what? <laughs> a man in that same car said he awoke to a young black man peeking into the window making, quote, suspicious movements. Uh, a suspicious outside a train. Peeking in the windows. Yeah. When the black man wouldn't answer his questions, he knew immediately he was there to rob us. What? That was a quote. 
that was a quote. He was there to rob us. <laughs> Yet another witness gave his account of two black men approaching from the east and a man with, quote, African blood moving deliberately around the scene. And I, I have no idea what he meant by a man with African blood. I'm My. assuming he meant a black guy. But he said two black men and a man with African blood. So Ooh, I thought maybe, maybe it was mixed. But um, I'm not, I, I wasn't familiar with that phrase. Yeah. But anyway, he said there were two black men coming from the east and a man with African blood moving deliberately around the scene. He said of the African blood man, quote, he was the coolest man I ever saw. <laughs> By that, I believe the vernacular was different back then, and I think he meant like he was calm, like he was um, uncaring, oh. is what I believe he meant by that. He went on to say, quote, he asked no questions and seemed to help no one. So that's, that's what I think he meant. He was yeah. cool, like uncaring. Now, there were four black men that came to help with the rescue, and they stayed around and were interviewed. Their account was, as you can imagine, a little bit different. They said that that first male witness, Mr. I knew immediately he was here to rob us, he had refused to leave the train until he found his belongings, including a gold cane and his gold spectacles. They said he was actually sitting on the body of a young lady as the train was filling with water, and he refused to stand up. What? He would not get up Psycho. until he found his belongings. Now, Mr. I knew immediately he was here to rob us, clapped back in the newspaper. Well, I say he clapped back, but, well, anyway, you'll see. He said that their account of what happened had hurt him more than all the injuries he had received in the crash. He said he was sure he was sitting on a mattress. <laughs> he said... He needed his specs to see, and it had nothing to do with them being gold. And his cane, well, that was expensive. <laughs> he went on to insinuate that they were rushing him to leave, not because of the rising water in the train car, but so they could steal his cane. I'm sure he's right, and it had nothing to do with the creek rising and drowning everybody in the car. <laughs> and I'm sure that they were like, let me pretend to help this guy just so we can get in here and take his stuff. And my question was, how did they know about the gold specks and the gold cane if he didn't say, I'm not leaving till I find my gold specks and my gold cane? Exactly. How did they know? Anyway, so... In 1897, so we've uh, scrolled forward a little bit, two men who were already in the state pen were convicted of sabotaging the tracks. And that was based on the grounds that they had confessed to other inmates. So basically they had no proof other than other inmates came forward and said, hey, 
Jim Bob and John Dandy said they had sabotaged these tracks. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. You make your own conclusions. So, what did really cause the accident? Which, by the way, is still the third worst railroad accident in North Carolina history. Which means there were actually two that were worse, which I think is a lot for one state, but maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Were the tracks neglected and in a state of disrepair as the coroner's jury had concluded? Or was it a gang of robbers as the railroad detectives had concluded? What do you think? Um, I think that the railroad people are sketch. Well, remember when somebody else was convicted of sabotaging the tracks, that made them not liable. So yeah. any lawsuits against them would have had to go away. Yeah, super sketch. So... Fun fact, though, most people believe the railroad detectives. Hmm. Now, just a couple more things. On the one-year anniversary of the crash, mm -hmm. several people reported seeing a railroad employee in uniform standing at the side of the creek with a gold pocket watch. Hmm. Several people. Some people believe it was the baggage master, but I don't know if he was in charge of keeping time. I would have thought that was the engineer's thing, but I guess yeah. maybe because he was in uniform, that's what they thought. But his body was among those that they found in the wreckage, so could be. On subsequent anniversaries, there have been reports of people hearing the crash replay and as we talked about even seeing it wow a real life ghost story these tales cause people to flock to the scene every year on the anniversary hoping to witness the spectral carnage so in 2010 a dozen friends came to the track hoping to witness the ghost train they had walked about halfway across the bridge when they heard a whistle. Most of them realized it was not the ghost train. A couple of them took a little longer to realize. Oh, no. It was, in fact, a real train. They ran for their lives a hundred foot back to the embankment where they could get off the tracks. Ten of them made it safely. Two of them were not as lucky. 29-year-old Christopher Kaiser managed to shove his girlfriend off the tracks and yell, I love you, just as the train struck and killed him. His girlfriend fell 30 to 40 foot into the creek side below. She had to be airlifted out, but she did survive. Hmm. It is illegal to be on railroad property, including that bridge, and it is still, to this day, an active railroad. So, 
going out there and standing on the bridge, probably not the best idea anybody's yeah. ever had. So, on a completely different note, I read a terribly tragic story in my research. I'm going to warn you before I tell this story because it was kind of rough. It like struck me. If you don't want to hear it, I'll tell you when you can stop and just move on. But um, before you go, don't forget to rate and review us and share us with your cousin. And I remembered something this week. Yeah. Due to Facebook memories. You talked about how I had you out here saying stuff that was not correct. <laughs> what did I say? And it reminded me of one time when we were taking you to college. We had stopped at the um, Kentucky Fried Chicken on the way. And oh, I know what you're going to talk about. <laughs> and you come back and you were like, oh, they got hit. <laughs> And we were like, what? And you were like, to drink. They got hick. <laughs> and I was like, what is hick? And when I went up and looked at the drink machine, I realized that you, all on your own, had been missaying high C. <laughs> so, you got yourself out here saying stuff. <laughs> true, true. I don't that even is like not high C. High C is not my thing. I think I don't you know probably why I thought it was hick. I think you probably liked it until that day. <laughs> no, I've never liked high C. I don't like fruit punch, but I think you I probably have trauma associated hick. with it. Because <laughs> you definitely called it hick. <laughs> and the thought of you just telling your friends, hey, you want some hick? <laughs> Really makes me laugh. <laughs> so, it's not just me. It's also you. Also, Billy said that uh, the cornbread story you told, not the most country story that has happened to you. What? He said that the, the most country story that has ever happened to you would be when we were on the way for you to get your learner's license and we were driving in my old Jeep. Oh, yeah. With no roof and no doors. And so we're trucking on down the road. We were having a grand old time. We were singing Taylor Swift. <laughs> we were bopping. We were going to get my learner's license. We were. And our town um, is super small, so you could not go to town and get your license or learner's license. You had to drive to the next town over, which was like 35, 40 minutes away. So here we are cruising down the road. We're bebopping along, singing. And all of a sudden, Madeline starts screaming. And so I look over at her and she's just squealing. And I'm like, what the heck? She's got blood all, <laughs> all over her. And so I'm like, what happened? I pull off the road. A cardinal had, I guess, tried to fly through the Jeep and yeah. it had hit Matlin's uh, bicep. And she's <laughs> over here like Hulk Hogan flexing or something. The bird exploded. 
There were feathers and blood everywhere. She's sque she squealing. And I, like the good mother I am, died laughing on the side of the road. I'm crying. I'm laughing. She's like, get it off of me. The bird has fallen between her and her seat. <laughs> so it's sandwiched between them. And she's screaming, get it off me. Get it off me. <laughs> And I am not helping. <laughs> you're just sitting there laughing at me. And you're like, hold up. Let me take a picture. Let me take a selfie. And so you're like slow-mo getting your phone out, getting ready to take a picture. Like it's the longest response time to get to the camera app on your phone that I've ever seen. It's because I was laughing so hard I could not steady the camera but I did in fact take pictures of this bird sandwich if I can find them we'll post them yeah and, they they'll be on there and on um so anyway finally she unbuckles her seatbelt and she's looking for something to get rid of it with and there's like nothing in the car because like I said no doors no roof so you can't really carry anything in there but it just so happened, like, some kind of Cheeto bag or something. It was a Fritos bag. Can you eat Fritos to this day or you have trauma? I mean, Fritos are fine. <laughs> <laughs> Birds ain't fine, though. So, anyway, she takes a Frito bag and she, like, scoops the bird out and throws it into the ditch. And so then I have to drive her to Oh, you Walmart have to drive me. To Walmart. So that I can get out and walk my happy ass in the store covered in blood and feathers to buy a shirt to go take my learner's license test in. Because if she passed, they were going to take a picture. <laughs> she was going to be covered with feathers and blood in her learner's license picture and so i was a good mother and drove her to walmart <laughs> so she could go buy her a new outfit you're welcome yeah okay <laughs> i passed by the way also cardinals ever since then have been stalking me birds in general, but cardinals specifically, when we were living in that old house, mm -hmm. there would be a cardinal that would knock on my window every single morning oh. and just fly into the window that over, was probably and like over and over and over. The queen of cardinals or something. Yeah, and, and it yeah, stopped and so me. Now. So, is that when your fear of birds started or was mm -hmm. it before that and that was just a terribly traumatizing experience? It probably was that. I've never really liked birds, but, like, after that, I don't like birds, man. Birds ain't, no, no. <laughs> I don't like a bird. For some reason, they're just mean to me, too. Because you're a murderer. Okay, look, I was bopping to Taylor Swift, okay? That bird ain't got no business getting in my shoulder. <laughs> And then I swear I remember a lady making a comment on Facebook like, dang, man, he must be working out. <laughs> oh, that story was hilarious. We probably should have ended on that story because this, now this, is this gonna next be story tragic. Is, is traumatizing. 
And so we probably should have ended on that story. If I can think of a funny story in the meantime, I'll tell another one so we can end on a good note. But I can't. I'm having a hard time getting the bird out of my, whoo, out of my mind. All right, we're getting serious now. I'm about to tell a tragic story. So if you don't want to hear it, turn us off. We'll see y'all next week. So in my research for this um, story that I just did, I was trying to figure out when Mr. Kaiser, when his accident happened. And so I searched um, train accident in North Carolina Mm -hmm. and his name but you know how they never give you what you're looking for yeah i don't know why they just pop up random stuff like i know you said a name but that's probably not what you were looking for anyway so they pop up this story about this man who was killed in a train wreck in north carolina the crossing arms came down and he drove around them and was hit by the train and got killed yeah. And so, you know, that's tragic. Yeah, but, I mean, don't it's, drive through. No, because, you, I mean, you won't make it. They're, yeah. The trains are moving way faster than you think they are. And you're going way slower than you think yeah. you are. And, I mean, they're there for a reason. Don't do that. Anyway, so a week later, his family and friends came together to have a memorial mm -hmm. at the track where he was killed. Right. And during this memorial, he's got two brothers, and they're standing on the tracks leading this memorial, and a train comes through and hits them. <gasps> Killed them both at his memorial what? a week after he died in the same spot. Oh, my God. Could you imagine, like, three in the same family? That's terrible. Okay, so to get off of that tragic story and brighten the mood one more time, I got another bird story I remembered about <laughs> Matt. Another one. bird story? You remember yeah, about me? That I remember about you. We went oh, to... Oh, I know which one you're going to say. We went to, um, what is it? Ruby Falls? No. No. It's Ruby Falls and Rock City. Rock City. Rock City is where we were. Uh, we went up there. If you're not familiar, it's like a tourist trappy thing, but it's... It's actually pretty awesome. And we went when I was a kid. And so I've always loved it. But I like that kind of kitschy stuff that's like super touristy. And yeah, like, they got like you can see seven states from one spot. And they got I'm like. I'm pretty sure that's Lookout Mountain. Was that Ruby? I mean, Rock City. Oh, Rock City's the one with the like gnomes and stuff. Yeah, it's got all gardens. the gnomes. Oh, all yeah, that. I love yeah. that one. So, um,. But all of that's up there in kind of the same area, and we would always do a, a trip and go to several different places, so that's probably why we can't remember exactly where it was. I always thought it was the same place. No, it, they're all different places, but they're all, I think they're actually really cool, and you might remember back in the day, especially if you're older, they used to paint Sea Rock City on the roofs of barns. Yes, you can still see. Yeah, every some once of them, in a while yeah. you see them, but they would they did this advertising campaign where they would pay farmers to paint Sea Rock City on their barn on the roofs. Yeah. So um, anyway, we were at I'm pretty sure it was Rock City, and they had a bird show. Birds of Prey. The Birds of Prey show. And they um, bring out different birds and they tell you about them. And then there's like audience participation and all of this. 
So, they bring out a uh, bird. Mind you, I don't want to go in in the first place. Yeah, she, she didn't want but nothing I to do with it. But I was a good sport and went in anyways. Because what's the chances of anything bad happening to you at Birds of Prey? You just sit there and act like you're not there and the birds won't even know. Right, and you don't have to participate if you don't want to. Well, usually. And um, so it was, you know, us and the six kids, and we went in, and we ha find a seat. And we're kind of, like, off to the side because, like Maddie said, she doesn't want to go in. And um, we're watching, and they, like, bring out, like, what was it, a buzzard? And then they got yeah. my one daughter, Ansley, to come up there, and then they dressed her like a giant squirrel. And yeah. she had to do a whole thing up on stage, which she loved because she's not scared of birds. Anyway, so they bring out a bird. What was it? Like a hawk? Well, I don't think it was a hawk because hawks have the talons. It was like a smaller bird. But Maybe it looked like, like a... I don't know what it was. Okay, I don't know what kind of bird it was, but it didn't have giant talons. Traumatized. But it looked like a hawk, but smaller. Like it wasn't gigantic and it didn't have the talons. Anyway, so they send the other bird keeper. Do you know what they're called? The trainer, whatever. They bird send whistler. A, <laughs> I don't <laughs> think they're the bird whistler. They send the other trainer up to the very top of the little stadium thing we're sitting in. Not even close to us, by yeah, the way. Yeah, not even close. They're in the center. They're up at the super top. We're like towards the front middle, like towards the front off to the side. And the one keeper has the bird on his arm, and he, like, gives the signal, and the bird flies off, and it's flying like it's going to go to the other handler, and all of a sudden, it lands on Matlin's head. <laughs> and she is terrified. So, she just freezes. She looks like a statue. <laughs> okay, so I get hysterical. Is the best word you could say. But only because in her mind. No, because I'm shaking and I'm laughing, like, hysterically. But you didn't move. You, it wasn't like... I you, wasn't laughing out loud? No. Tears were coming out of my eyes. Yeah, you were crying. You I, were scared. I was... Okay, I'm pretty sure that I was laughing, like, hysterically. I, I think you had a mental break. I, I think so, too, because I, I was right traumatized. And you didn't get up and run or anything. No, I just froze there, and I didn't knock it off my head because, like, <laughs> how tragic would that be? And so It's just hopping up in my hair. Yeah, making and a so nest. the guy makes a joke that the bird thought her hair looked like a, a bird's nest. And they come and have to, like, physically remove this bird from her hair. And it would not go to the other trainer. It, it was all about being on Matlin's head. <laughs> and I don't know why, but it was the funniest thing because out of all the people in the audience. It all of picked. the people. This place is packed. And this it, is pre-COVID, Okay. There's no, like, six feet apart from everybody. This place was packed to the max. And even in our own family, even the people, like, around yeah. you, if it had landed on any of them, they would have just chuckled. Yeah. But you, like, yeah, I think you had, like, a little mental break because you were not chuckling the way you think you were. I thought I was hysterically <laughs> laughing, and tears were, like, just coming out of my eyes. Like, my eyes were you, just waterfalling, you were, and I was laughing. You were And I was crying. like this, ah. And you were smiling, but you did not make a sound. You did not move. <laughs> you, like, froze. 
And I mean, you didn't look around with anything but your eyes. And I'm not even sure you moved your eyes. You <laughs> froze and did not, not, did not make a move. <laughs> and then that guy made the joke about your hair being a mess. And I thought that was twice as funny. I didn't even hear him make that joke because all the sound went away. I didn't hear anything. All I heard was me hysterically laughing. All I felt was my tears going down my face. And I, I don't even think I saw anything. I think it was just like tunnel vision and I just was like frozen. I don't know. It was terrifying. It was terrifying. It was pretty funny. Okay, but to me... It was terrifying. And they tried to call that bird with their little whistle thing. Mm -hmm. or, and it wouldn't uh, go. No, that bird was not having it. That bird was like, nope, found a new home <laughs> right here with this lady. Yeah, can you not? <laughs> so they had to come physically remove it from her head, which was hilarious to everybody but her. So Yeah. I wonder if they think about that. I'm sure. They probably tell that story. We need to go back. They're probably telling that story in their shows. Like one time, they're like, just sit still, but if the bird gets on your head, you remind it of a long-lost friend. <laughs> <laughs> never again, never again. You know, as soon as the baby's old enough, we're going back. <laughs> okay, you can go back. You're going to miss the baby seeing the birds? Yeah. Man, what if you went back and it came back and landed on your head like that same bird? Because birds live forever. Whew. What if you're just sitting there and that bird flies right back and gets right back that in your head? That would be ridiculous. Wouldn't you be at this point like, all right, friend? No. 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 <laughs> what do you mean, all right, friend? Well, I mean, it's meant to be your long-lost no, loves at this no, point. No, it's not meant to be. You're, that bird's probably looking for you to this day. It's probably it's like... It's meant to be gone. No, it's probably like she's my mate. She's my love. And so, because don't birds, like, mate for life or something? That bird probably mate with no you. bird? Yeah, it probably thinks you're its mate. And it's probably flying around right now still looking for you. Well... Probably that's why the other birds are around. They're like, uh, they got like a whole, like, information tree happening. And they're sending messages so this bird can find his long lost love. Um, if you know anything about birds and why they're chasing me, let me know <laughs> in the comments. And tell me how to make it stop. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Alright, well that's all I got. All right, I guess we'll see y'all next week. Hope our stories didn't annoy y'all. <laughs> I'm sure everybody's laughing in their cars about these stories. They're the Probably. funniest things and the highlight of these people's days, okay? You think? Yes. <laughs> Let me know in the comments if this is the highlight of your week, <laughs> is listening to us. Y'all have a good week. Goodbye. If you'd like to know more about the case we discussed or to see our sources, make sure you're following our Facebook page as we put all that information out there onto each one of our podcasts each week. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at unsolved underscore south and also join our Facebook discussion group where we invite you to share your thoughts, your theories, and ask questions. If you have any story suggestions that you'd like us to research and do a podcast about, please email us at unsolvedsouthpodcast at gmail.com. We'll see you back here next week for another episode.